Let me just right there we go. I'm all wired up. So I, I <laughs> we had um, do, do, we, we we live on the um, uh, in the Weald of Kent. I do send um, uh, greetings or bring greetings from there. Um, where where we live in um, Biddenden, we've got a house that we rent. And uh, uh, was it a couple of weeks ago, um, I said that we, we get an occasional leak come through the ceiling and uh, into the bathroom when someone's having a bath or a shower. And this particular time, there was a lot of water um, coming through. And, uh, and I'm noticing the water downstairs. So I thought, well, I better go upstairs and take a look. And as I walked into the bathroom, I start to get a really funny feeling. I'm, I'm thinking, uh, I, I, is something going wrong? Am I having a heart attack? Is something happening? But I, my arm started to go funny and, and everything. And then I touched the sink. And, uh, and it's like, ow, that really hurt. And I'm thinking, oh, that's really interesting. So I turned the tap on and, and I did it again and it, it hurt even more. At which point I'm thinking, that feels like I, I'm being electrocuted. Um, it's like the floor was wet, um, you know, so, 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 so cleverly I put my hand under the tap again just to be sure. Um, and the electrician told me I'd actually had three 240 volt shocks um, whilst I was testing to see what. Not only that, once I went downstairs to try and fix the problem, I went back upstairs and recreated the scenario just to see if I could electrocute myself again so it would be safe for my kids. And I managed to two more times. Um, but there we go. I'm saying that because I'm, I'm all kind of wired up this morning and I, I'm hoping the same thing doesn't happen. Um, but there we go. <laughs> well, it's awesome to be here. It, it really is. And um, what, what, what we're going to do this morning um, for the first... 45 minutes to an hour um, is uh, we're going to look at. I, I want to look at the whole thing of um, everyone a witness. Um, the second half an hour, we'll, um, I've been asked if we, I can tackle the subject of using our words um, in our witnessing. And for the final half an hour, we're going to pray. Is that all right? So, um, no, 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 we definitely won't um, be that long. Um, but everyone a witness, I'll get straight to it. So, um, a, a, lot, a number of years ago, I got saved just over 20 years ago. Um, I, I got led to the Lord um, by a, a great guy who was an evangelist. Um, and sadly, I, I, after a couple of years, I watched this guy and he just seemed to fall away. Um, and and he, he just he seems to be sitting, living on the edge of church life. Um, this evangelist, like one foot in the world, one foot in the church. He seemed to be the guy that everyone in the church thought would be bringing people from the world in. And, and, and in the world, everybody thought all he ever did was bang on about church. Um, and so no one ever seemed very happy with him. And, 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 and he, sadly, he, he just drifted. And he'd mentored a guy. Um, and another great guy was a good friend. And, and I watched him drift away um, for, from the Lord as well. And I saw this a number of times. And I saw these evangelists just drifting away. And as I was getting into my Bible and as I started to, um, you know, to just study more, and particularly get into Ephesians 4, and you know, I looked at the gift of the evangelist. And the evangelist was meant to be a, a gift to um, the church to equip the saints. So it seemed to me that the evangelist's role seemed more about equipping the saints and training the church than it did about kind of proclaiming the gospel. And when I, when I read my Bible, what, what I saw is actually the proclamation of the gospel seemed to go on by, by mostly believers. Where in Acts 1 verse 8, um, it, it, Jesus said to the believers, you will be my witnesses. Later on, Peter, and we're going to look at the life of Peter uh, uh, this morning, but Peter, um, you know, when, when they're, they're being arrested, after he's proclaimed the gospel, he's used his words to proclaim the gospel. You know the story. You know, um, there were thousands added to the church um, that day or added to their number that day. Um, and when, he, when he's told to be quiet, he said, I cannot stop myself um, speaking of all that I've seen and heard. It was, he was a witness. And a witness, if you think about well, what is a witness? A witness is quite simply somebody who, who speaks about what they've seen and heard. 
Um, the other week, um, I, somebody backed into um, the front of my car and, you know, my sons were with me and they're not small now, so it looked quite intimidating. This poor young lad got out of the car in front and I climbed out and then I've got these three bigger sons all get out and sort of thing. You know, he admitted guilt straight away. It's fantastic. Yeah. You know, if, if you want to be in an accident, take three huge boys with you. Um, because it, so he admitted guilt straight away, which is which great. But we're taking photographs and, and, and they're gathering these witness and the witness statements basically are like, this is what we saw, this is what happened. And then they're, they're retelling um, the events in their own words. And, and, and why am I saying that? It's because we talk about everyone and witness. I, I, I want to say, you know, our heart as a family of churches, um, what we are saying is if, if, if uh, we are called to pray, enough and, and I'm not going to go into that but you know the reason why we pray we have this prayer initiative is actually our heart is to see everyone everyone pray because we're called to be prayers and we're called to pray and not only that we want to see everyone equipped in 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 sharing their faith in being a witness so someone says well is everyone a witness and initiative no it's not <laughs> it's, it's a culture change it's, it, it's, it's about us actually uh, you know, believing and realising that which God has called us to, that, that Jesus has said to every single one of us, that's you, me, and anyone else who, who, who comes into the, one, the, the, the wonderful um, kind of saving knowledge of, of Jesus Christ, that actually one of the first things he does is, is he calls us to be his witnesses, to go and share his faith. So, so it does what it says on the tin. Everyone a witness. What does it mean? Everyone a witness. That's it. There's no strap line. There's no paragraph explaining it. There's, there's nothing. Do, 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 do you know what I'm saying? And uh, Mike, um, the other day, was, he had this thing that he kept tweeting about. E plus E equals C. I don't know if you've come across that, if you do Twitter or anything like that. And he's going E plus E equals C. And I'm scratching my head and I'm thinking, well, that's an interesting equation, Mike. You know, and I don't get that. But it, it was enough, plus everyone a witness, equals church planting. And he was saying that actually, if we are praying, um, actually, the, the natural byproduct, and I've got to say, actually, the more I pray and the more I, I, I find that you know, I engage in prayer and engage in, in that journey with Jesus, that actually I find my witnessing increases uh, in terms of the witnessing opportunities, my heart for witness, my heart for the lost, and so I become a witness. Actually, the result of that is people get saved, people get added, and we, we plant churches. It's not rocket science, is it, really, when you think about it? And the Christian life, I think, so, so often we overcomplicate it, don't we? We throw all sorts of things in. Repent and be baptised. I got baptised two days after I got saved. And, and, you know, and I wrestle sometimes when, when I see I mean, you know, someone gets saved. I was speaking to someone um, the other day. I led to the Lord. She come to, came to visit us. Um, and she said, Carl, she said, I, I, you know, you know, I came to Jesus at this, this carol service. And she said, I'm still waiting four years later to get baptised. And I'll go, I don't understand that. The Bible says repent and be baptised. She's repented. You know, I said, but we worship, where we worship at the moment is at a leisure centre and there's a swimming pool. And interesting, we're not allowed to use the swimming pool for um, baptisms, which is a real shame. I said, oh, we've got this volume of water, but I can't baptise you. And I said, we baptise you right now because you're saved. And sometimes we, we, we make it overly complicated, don't we? The reason I'm saying this is, is because I, I, I want to encourage you, I want to encourage us um, the, the, you know, the, the life of the witness is, is what we're, we're all called to. Every, every, you and I, we're all called to be witnesses. That was Jesus' commission to us. We're not all called to be evangelists, and that's okay. And actually, the role of the evangelist isn't to save people anyway. Do you know whose role it is to save people? Jesus. It's God's, absolutely, it's Jesus. He is the one who saves. I cannot save a soul, I cannot heal a person, I cannot do it. It's him that does it. I, I'm his vessel. I'm his channel. 
And, you, you know, I could stand there, I could tell something. We had a wonderful um, experience in the summer where, where we were doing sports reaching. These two German lads, um, you know, were volunteering on sports reaching. One of them, he, he couldn't, he was a coach. He couldn't do any coaching. And the reason he couldn't coach was because he'd hurt his leg. And he came up and he said, Carly, I don't know why he said, but I, I, we were praying last night for him. He said, I just really felt I, I need to ask you to pray. So we just very simply, we just said, look, Lord, this guy needs to coach. Please, can you heal him? Amen. <laughs> the next thing, he just burst into tears. I said, are you okay? He said, I don't feel anything. I said, well, that's not good. He said, no, it's very good. He said, because all I've felt is pain. Until now, the pain is gone. There was an absence. And he started running around. Do you know what? For the next hour... He couldn't do anything. He did no coaching because he was so overwhelmed with the, uh, by, by the fact that God would do that for him. He's, he's, he's honest, he's got, then he takes himself off and for another hour he's hidden praying somewhere and just crying because he's just encountered God in a very real way. Now these are stories that are our inheritance. So, yeah, as Christians, so often we sit here and we go, oh, well, yeah, yeah, it's fine. we just kind of muddle on through life. And, and, you know, well, the Bible's great, but they were, they were wonderful stories and special times. No, that's our inheritance. Do you know what? We can see that week in, week out. Those are the testimonies. When I hear testimonies like that, and I thank God that I get to experience some as well. But I, whenever I hear it, I say, God, why not where I am? And where you guys are here in Faversham, do you know what? This is your inheritance. God has called you to be his witnesses. And if we are praying, and if we are obediently stepping out, do you know what? Things will happen, they will. And this isn't hype, this isn't me drumming up, because I've seen it with my own eyes. Maybe I'm just a simple guy, I look at the Bible, I read it, and I say, okay, God, well, if you said it, let's see it happen. And do you know what? When you start to, to, to kind of take him at his word, you begin to see these things. Not all the time. I've not had an experience where my shadow, I'm going to walk here, look, my shadow is now touching your feet. Nothing happens. Do, do, do you know? And, it, and sometimes we read the scriptures, we look at the book of Acts, we look at someone like Peter, and, and, and we, we say, well, you know, well, of course, you know, Peter, he was this amazing guy, and it was this amazing time, and of course his shadow would affect people. But from what, it was only once. And it's a telescopic view of his life. And if we took a telescopic view of your life and my life, we could easily look at the stories and the things that God did throughout it. Yeah, but if you turn it on its side, you go, yeah, but it happened here, and then there was this and this, and I had to persevere in this and break through in that, and then all of a sudden something happened again. Do, do, do you see? So we're all called to be witnesses. But I, I, I want to spend a little bit of time looking at Peter, because Peter's a cat. I, I love Peter. I don't know. I mean, you know, he's great, isn't he? You know, he, he's the one who was impulsive. You know, he was the one who, you know, he, he, he seemed to get it so right and yet so wrong. You know, he steps out of the water, he sinks, and he gets told off for sinking, and yet he just stood on water. I mean, that, that's not bad, is it, really? I think if I'd got out and stood on water, and then I'd started to sink, I'd kind of think, well, but, but hold on a minute, I was on the water just now. <laughs> He seems so bold and brash, you know, he cuts this guy's ear off. Bang, because I'm going to protect Jesus. And Jesus, I'm picture the scene in the garden. Jesus, he's picking the ear up. He's going, look, Peter, we don't do it like this, you know, <laughs> as he's putting it back on. I mean, you know, sometimes we, 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 we over-spiritualise it. Think of what it would have been like. You know, Jesus hanging an ear back onto a guard and putting it back on whilst he's, whilst he's talking to Peter and explaining him, not this way, mate. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? This is the guy. And then just a few days later, what's he doing? One young lady comes up to him and he's going, no, I don't know this Jesus. 
You know, when he was with Jesus, he was as bold as anything. When he wasn't with Jesus, or he wasn't with his brothers and sisters, he wasn't bold at all. I can relate to that. I can be bold and rah, rah. Do you know, on a Sunday morning, I can get so fired up. And I can get, yeah, Jesus, you are great. On Monday, when I'm talking to my neighbours, and he asked me, what were you up to yesterday? <laughs> I'm not quite the same. But something happened in Peter. He changed, didn't he? Because he'd gone on a journey with Jesus. And do you know, even Peter's conversion, you know, so often when we, we look at conversion, we think, well, it was easy for Jesus. All he did is he walked through the towns and the villages. And he said, come, follow me. And as he said this word, come, follow me, somebody says, well, of course I will. And I'll start following Jesus. And, and I thought, but you, you, this, this was revelation to me not so long ago. Do you, do you know, Peter had three encounters with Jesus before he even started following him. Do you know that? He wasn't just fishing on the side and all of a sudden Jesus said, follow me. And he just he went, okay, I'm dropping everything and off I go. It's, it's a condensing of the story. You see, if you go into, uh, and let me just find um, my place here. So in, in John um, chapter 1. And it's good sometimes to look, compare the stories across, you know, across the Gospels, because it really helps um, just to get an idea of exactly what was going on. So in John chapter 1, verse 35, it says, again, the next day, um, John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked upon Jesus as he walked, and he said, behold, the Lamb of God. And the two disciples, there are two disciples with John, and, and John sees Jesus coming, and, 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 they say, and, and, and um, the two disciples follow Jesus. And Jesus turned and beheld them following and said, said to them, what do you seek? And they said to him, um, teacher, you know, rabbi, um, where are you staying? And he, and he said to them, come and you will see. They came and therefore saw where he was staying. And they stayed with him that day for it was about the 10th hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He found first his own brother and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which translated means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. And then it says the next day Jesus purposed to go into Galilee. That's really interesting. Because you see, I've heard the story so many times that Jesus is walking through and he comes upon the Sea of Galilee and he sees Peter there and he's casting out his nets and he says, come follow me. And Peter drops it. But, but there was an encounter already. Do you see? Andrew had met the Christ. And Andrew went and told his brother about the impact that the Christ had already had on his life. He shared his faith. And Peter came to meet Christ, and he had an encounter with Christ. But it wasn't transformational at that point, in as much that he didn't just lay everything down and follow him. What happened? Jesus prophesied over him. Jesus said, this is what you're going to, you're going to be called Peter. And we know the significance of that three years later. With again what Jesus says to him. But do you see, so Peter had this encounter with Jesus, and he said, and all of a sudden, okay, so now I've met Jesus. Where is Peter next? Well, then when we go to the beginning of, um, uh, what's it, Mark chapter 1, verse 16. So it says, Jesus the next day purposed to go into Galilee. So Jesus has met Andrew. He said something to Peter. The next day he goes into Galilee. And after John had been taken into custody, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. And as he was going along by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, 
casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers and fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me, and, I will, uh, and you will, I will make you become fishers of men. And it says that immediately they left their nets and follow him, followed him. Now again, this is, this is condensing the story. So Jesus, the, the next encounter, he meets Andrew, he meets Peter. There they are, casting their nets into the sea. They're fishing, and Jesus says to them, follow me. And they said, okay, we will follow you, Lord. And then we come to Luke chapter 5. Now it came about that while the multitude were pressing around Jesus and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gethsemane, and he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake, but the fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing their nets. And he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and he asked him to put out a little way from the land, and he sat down and began teaching the multitudes from the boat. And when he had finished, he said, he's um, speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let your nets down for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and caught nothing. And you know the story. That, you know, he, he said, we've worked hard all night. And, and then finally they, cut, they put the nets out and they get this multitude, uh, of, of this great multitude of fish. And then Jesus says to them, um, you know, do not fear from now on, you will be catching men. Because Simon just fell on his face and he repented. Now that's an interesting point in the story. Because you see, Peter has had an encounter with Jesus. Firstly, a family member is shared with him. Then he has an encounter with Jesus. Then he has a second encounter with Jesus where Jesus calls him to follow him. Jesus then goes back to the sea and what does he do? He actually finds this guy back where he started. So he hasn't quite yet left everything behind. We know that Simon was, uh, so Peter was married because elsewhere in the scriptures, um, Jesus heals um, his mother-in-law. So, so this is quite a big deal, just to leave and to go. <laughs> This is family, this is a business. And then he goes back yet again, and what's he do? He finds Peter once again fishing, and he's being fruitless. And Jesus takes him out. So what Jesus does now is he demonstrates, he models the prophetic word to him. At which point, Simon falls flat on his face, and he repents. And he says, you need to leave me, I'm a sinful man. What, what, what's going on there? I don't think it was just that he doubted Jesus at that point. It was the fact that, do you know what? Even though he'd heard the call of God, he went back to what he knew. See, Jesus had called him into something new. Jesus had said, from now on, there's a new life for you. I want you to follow me. I want you to be a witness. I want you, I'm going to train you and I'm going to teach you. You're going to become a disciple of me. And in becoming a disciple of me, you, this is going to be, your old life is going to be left behind. And what we find with Peter is he can't help himself. He keeps going back to his old life to begin with. Do you see that there is a transformation that goes on with Peter? It wasn't just Jesus floated on water and summoned him and Peter just laid everything down. Did you see there was a letting go? That is so helpful for us if we understand the journey of people coming to faith. And it's so helpful for us as well in our own journey. Because, you know, sometimes it takes time. I mean, I, 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 I'm assuming most people here, you know, you know the Lord. You can probably remember the day that the Lord called you. And I'm sure for many of you, it wasn't just an instant kind of flash in the sky, blinding moment. There was a process that went on, wasn't there? But Jesus calls you, called each one of us into a journey with him. And, it's one, and sometimes the temptation can be that we go back to what we knew. We go back to the old things. But you know what the grace of God is? It's not that actually he condemns us. It's not that he can't put guilt on us. He actually, he says, no, come on, let, let me just remind you. Let me just remind you of what you were purposed for. Let me, in fact, I'm going to show you. See, Peter, I'm calling you to be a fisher of men. 
I want you to be someone who leads others to me. And Peter, I don't know whether he didn't believe it, whether he, he just said it, okay, yeah, Lord, of course, I'll follow you, but, but he was counting the cost, and the cost was huge. There were family involved. There was a business involved. He was saying, Jesus, am I really going to lay all of this at your feet? And so Jesus gently comes, and, and it wasn't by accident. All of a sudden, he's on the boat, and he says to him, look, Peter, let me show you. And then begins a wonderful journey where we see Peter gradually changing as he's transformed and he's discipled by Jesus. Until we fast forward to that moment in Acts that we've looked at already where we see that Peter says, I cannot help, I cannot help myself but speak of all that I've seen and heard, even in the face of persecution. It's a wonderful journey, isn't it? It's an absolutely wonderful journey that Peter goes on. And it's the same journey for you and I. You see, Jesus, when, when, when he calls you, when he calls me, he calls us into relationship with him. He calls us to be his disciples. But do you know what? He purposes something for us, that you and I are called to be fishers of men and women. Do, 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 do you know that? You are called to be a fisher of men and women. And I think so often, as... Uh, in our lives, you know, we, we sit, we're bottled up by fear. You know, God kind of, you know, God, the enemy, you know, he, he kind of, he knocks us up in fear. You know, we've shared our faith. It hasn't quite gone right. And we, we start to believe a lie that actually maybe that wasn't for us. We start to believe that maybe, you know, we're not called to be those. Maybe actually that's not our inheritance. Maybe healing, you know, I think we've got it completely wrong. Even some of the things that we're doing in church. So often, you know, we take the Sermon on the Mount and we preach it out there in the world. And say, well, world, this is how you should live. Do you know what the Sermon on the Mount was for the church? It was, guys, this is how you should do, behave in the household of God. And then so often we pray for the sick within our church meetings. And we've got that wrong. Because do you know what, that was the bit we were meant to do out there. Do you see how, how, how kind of back to front it can be sometimes? Yeah? So Sunday mornings, you know, my heart as an evangelist, actually, Sunday mornings, we, we, we don't have gospel services. We're not proclaiming, do you know what, we're equipping the saints. We're going through the Sermon on the Mount. We're, we're teaching into what it means to be living as a Christian. And then we're equipping people to go and be effective out there the next day. Where do we want to pray for the sick? We want to pray for the sick in the workplaces. We want to pray for the sick out, 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 out in the world. Where do we want to be sharing our faith? I don't want to be sharing my faith on a Sunday morning. I mean, I don't mind sharing my faith on a Sunday morning. But you know, I want to be sharing my faith through the week. I want to be like the early church where I'm saying, good, good, you know, I haven't got the words. If I'm honest, I haven't, give me the words and the boldness to speak them. How many times do we have a great Sunday morning and then on Monday we get to the water cooler or wherever it is in the work situation and somebody says something and we just, we just clam up? I haven't got the words. I don't know how to answer that. Particularly in this day and age. Dare I speak out? Dare I be a Christian in, in this particular situation? Well, if there's a God of love, how does he allow suffering? So we shy away from it because we don't know how to answer it. And that, in part, is what everyone a witness is about. We, we want to see the saints equipped. We want to see... It's almost like having a spiritual toolkit. Where we kind of say, actually, well, we want to help us, so we want to equip the saints. So that when they're out there, when they're faced with these challenges, actually, we know the answers to these questions. 
Or, and even if we don't, do you know what? We are so dependent and we are so full of Holy Spirit that, do you know what? We can draw on him and he'll help us in that moment. I am sure in Acts that they didn't just go through tons and tons of training and they waited and they did apologetics course after apologetics course. Don't get me wrong, I love apologetics. Those that know me, you know. But they did apologetics course after apologetics course and training course after training. And then they went, now we're ready. <laughs> they were up baptised, they were full of the Holy Spirit and out they went. But do you know what the Holy Spirit did? He anointed their words, he anointed the works that they did and, and he performed wonders through them. Words, works and wonders. And it's terrific, isn't it? And you look at Peter, and Peter stood up, and what's the first thing he does? He addresses the crowd. Now anointed of the Holy Spirit, and people are cut to the heart. His words had impact. They built fruit. He, 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 he had challenging situations. He had difficult situations. But you know, all of a sudden, bang, he gets a, a disciple of Jesus. You are a disciple of Jesus. You are. And like Peter, you may have been called, you, you know, and there may have been many instances that actually took you get to get to that point where it went, wow, okay, yeah, no, you're right, God. <laughs> I'm going to follow you. You may even be in that place right now. Do you know what? You may have gone back to what you know. You may have tried it. You may have stepped out and got knocked back. Have you, have you ever experienced, maybe it's just me. You know, I know, I know. Sometimes I've stepped out in my faith, and you know, I've heard the stories. You know, I've been to the conferences, and someone tells this great story: going down, sitting on a park bench, saying, "Oh, hi, my name's Bob." Oh, great, yeah, yeah. Hi, my name's Jim. Hi, Jim. Do you know Jesus? No, I don't, but I'd love to know Jesus. Tell me about him, okay? And and, and Bob led, led, leads Jim to the Lord in a moment. I think that sounds so easy. And I've done the training course. So I go down to the park, park course, and uh, park bench. And do you know what's even more amazing? When I sit down, I say, hi, my name's Carl, not Bob. I say, hi, my name's Carl. The guy's name is Jim. And I'm going, this is great. This is brilliant. This must be God ordained. Hi. So I, I go for it. Do you know Jesus? Why would I know Jesus? Well, no. Would you like to know? No, I wouldn't like to know about but I noticed that you're a bit sore there. You know, do you mind if I pray for you? Um, no, I'd rather you didn't pray for me, thank you very much. And the guy leaves. And I sit there and go, well, well what did I do wrong? Because Bob said the same words that I said, and, and it all seemed to fall flat. He, he had an amazing testimony. And what, what's gone wrong? And I, I don't know whether you've had experiences like that. But I believe God just wants to encourage you. <laughs> He wants you to dust yourselves off and say, do you know what, it's okay. And to step out again. There are some here, you, you, you've got, you have prayed and prayed for breakthrough and healing. Almost to the point where you say, actually, I'm not, I, you don't even pray for sick people anymore. And I believe God just wants to restore <laughs> that, that tenacity back to you. More than that, actually, I believe he wants to start healing through you. Peter didn't have a clue when he met Jesus who Jesus was and the transformation that Jesus was going to bring. He didn't. But what a transformation. You know, Peter got it wrong. Sometimes we get it wrong. Sometimes you know, we make, it, make mistakes. Do you know what? The grace of God and the love of God is, is, is he picks us up and he says, that's okay. Now come on, let's carry on on this journey together. And for some of you, you might be saying, do you know, I, I've got it wrong, I've, I've stuffed it up. And, and, and do you know what, God is just saying to you, do you know, it's okay. I'm going to pick you up and let's carry on on this journey together. Some of you have prayed and prayed for neighbours, for relatives. 
saying, God, when, when will the breakthrough come? When will the, when will the Andrew moment come where, where I, can just, I can just take my brother, my father, and just, and, and just sit them with Jesus? We have longings in our hearts. Can I say those longings in our hearts, God's put them there. And if you're worried about, yeah, you know, I, mean, I know the subject was loosely wor- words today. Sorry, I'm just, I've done everyone a witness, but loosely on words. But with our words, you, you know, when, when we're looking at the words, you know, Paul at times he reasoned. Um, it, you know, it says he reasoned with people. He reasoned in and out of the synagogues. Several times in the book of Acts, they say, Lord, give us the words to say and, and, and the boldness to say them. Do you know what? Even when you get the words sometimes, you're still scared. You know, I, I can be very slow sometimes. Do you know what? That guy who came up and asked for prayer, you know, it was, a, it, it was absolutely... Because he asked, I was bold and I prayed. And it was amazing to see what got to go with him. And then a couple of days later, you know, I'm talking to someone who's just unwell and, and, and I don't think to even offer to pray. And I come away, and I, and, you know, we can go several days. I mean, this chest infection for several days. I didn't even, the first thought did not come into my head. I was like, well, let's take it to the doctors, we'll get some medication. And then we were just chatting in the car. I said, we need to pray more when we get well. We just need to, do you know, we can be slow sometimes, can't we? Do you know what I mean? On the uptake. But it's not a guilt trip. <laughs> we're growing in this, and we're learning in this. Peter had to grow, and Peter had to learn in this. And, and, and this is a journey that we're on. And we're on it as a journey together. But do you know what? It's not the evangelist's role or responsibility to preach the gospel and to see the lost one. The responsibility is actually ours. We're called to be witnesses. We're called to use our words. We're called to speak of the wonders of God and the truths of God wherever we might find ourselves. And do you know what? If you're afraid, that's okay. Because that puts you in the same camp as, 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 as all of these, these, these wonderful early church <laughs> fathers who were afraid. And what they simply asked was, Holy Spirit, would you give us the boldness to say these words that you're putting into our mouths? And then they proclaimed the gospel. It's good news, isn't it? And I guess I, 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 I like, I'd like to pray, actually. Is that, is that okay? I, I, I just feel God wants to do some things amongst us. But I, I just want to encourage us this morning. We need to realise you know, this is our inheritance. This is our inheritance. Because God has said so. Jesus said, go and heal the sick. Go and preach the gospel. He, he said, you will be my witnesses. And it is as much true for us today as it was for the early church. And that's where a lot of my frustration kind of was coming from. I was going, God, I don't see this lining up with where I'm living here. Do you know what? The problem is never with this. The problem is where I'm living. And I've had to learn to realign myself with this. I have. Which means I have to become more sensitive to Holy Spirit and to his leading and his prompting. My prayer every morning, it's my only prayer, but, but if there's one prayer that I pray, it's, it, it's Holy Spirit that you would, you would help me today Speak how you would want me to speak. Do what you would want me to do. And that in all that I would do, I would glorify Jesus. Whatever that might mean. And do you know what? I can go through several days and not really anything happen. 
And then I can find one day, all of a sudden, an opportunity opens. And it can be the simplest thing. It can be the simplest thing. So often we think, again, you know, witnessing, it's about just, just getting people over that, that final line. Uh, do you know, I, I find I want to use my words to encourage people wherever I go, even in a supermarket. You know, I, some of you may know, you know I, I, I used to be one of the most sarcastic people out there. If I'm walking around the supermarket with my trolley and someone walks in front of me, I would be, that's okay, don't mention it. I would be, I, I, you know, I, I would be, I, I was rude. You know, I was the first one to beat the horn, I was the first one to yell out of the car, you know, I'm the first one to make a comment. And if somebody is rude to me, I'm just like, okay, I'd be rude back. And it took just a work of God to begin to soften my heart. And say, so actually, actually, you know, look at these people and see them how I see them. We went to the supermarket not so long ago. It's funny, we do go there sometimes. And uh, we, we went to the supermarket and uh, there was a checkout lady and I, I, I said, morning. And she said, no. And I said, oh, would it be possible to have some carrier bags, please? And she down on the counter and, you know. And my earlier, my, 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 my first, it used to be, well, I'm sorry, that was too much trouble for you. You know, that would be my normal response, you know. So then, but I just looked at her and we, we, we were together and we just looked at her and we just loved her. I just said, has it been a difficult day today? And she said, actually, yeah. I said, I'm really sorry to hear that. I said, it must be really hard having to be friendly to lots of people, having had a difficult day. I didn't even know what was going on. And she started just to say, well, actually, she'd had a difficult morning at home before she'd come to work, and then someone else is sick, and she's having to do extra hours, and, and actually, this is the last place she needs to be right now. And we just had a conversation with her. And we just loved her with our words. And we said, we're really sorry to hear that. And we, 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 we just hope and pray that your day gets better. Sometimes we drop the word pray in, but, you, you know, they don't pick it up always. You know, we just hope and pray that, 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 that it, the day will get better for you. And I, I said, oh, actually, um, could, we, could I have another carrier bag, please? We run she went, of course you can, love. And she peeled one off. She had it. By the time we'd finished, she was smiling. Now, that wasn't me going, do you know Jesus? And speaking wonders, you know, into her life. And you know, that was just simply using words. And being salt and light wherever I go. And we have to demystify this whole thing. You know, we can be salt and light wherever we go. Because I found that when I was in the workplace, when I behaved like this, after a while, people would ask me the question, why, why, why are you like you are? <coughs> what was interesting, they all seemed to know I was a Christian. But they would just notice how I use my words. You never swear when you, like any time. You just, you get, if something's going wrong, you don't swear. You seem to take yourself off. They go, well, yeah, I do. I go and pray for a minute. And, you know, I don't go and swear out in the cupboard or anything. You know, it's not what I'm doing. But, you know, but it's, it's, it's I, I just, I, I took myself, but do, do you know what? And, and it's, we can love people wherever we are in the workplace. Because that's where you spend most of your time. It's during the week. It's not here. It's during the week. And Jesus wants us to be salt and light and witnesses wherever to speak of all that we've seen and heard. That means as we're seeing and hearing what the wonders of God and what he is doing, that we take that out and we speak it wherever we go. And that's quite scary. 
And then the last place I worked before I'm doing the job that I do now, if you can call it a job. But, but you know, when, when I was there, I remember one lady working for me, and, and she, she did not like men. She did not like me. And she did not like the job where she worked. And I was her boss. And I just kept loving her. I just kept just, just taking an interest in her. She shared some of her story about actually how she'd been treated by men. I could understand why she didn't like men. I started to value her and just encourage her in the workplace. I started to draw her into things that she'd always been left on the outside of. And we just saw her really grow. When I resigned from that post, she came up to me through tears. She hugged me and she said, I wish there were more men like you. I know it's your faith, but I wish there were more of them. I think that's a witness. I was bold in my faith, but I wasn't pushing it into her face. Did did you see? And in in just two and a half years, she had transformed from absolutely hating men and disliking anyone in authority to crying because one was leaving. Two and a half years. (coughs) Can we stand?